boys and girls, to episode two of the Untitled Star Trek pilot. Uh, I'm Sean Mason, and I'm here with... I'm Matt Bibb, but you got the name of the show wrong. What? It's Untitled Star Trek Podcast Pilot, episode two. Okay. Charlie X is the episode we're watching. Charlie X. We, (laughs) and we're also here with our engineer. Hello, everybody. Jacob here. Um, and we're on episode two of our uh, quixotic quest to watch every episode and movie of Star Trek that's ever been designed. Uh, so if you've listened to us before, if you're new to the podcast, we are an unasked for audio commentary of Star Trek uh, episodes. That's um, what we should call the show. <laughs> unasked for. Star, <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> podcast. Welcome, welcome to is. Star Trek. Unasked, uh, unasked for Star edition. Trek, unasked for. <laughs> that so, can work. And right now we're on uh, season one. If you're watching, we watch it on Netflix. If you're watching on Netflix, uh, we're on season one, episode three. Uh, and the title of the episode is Charlie X. So we're going to get started with the episode. Uh, right now, we're showing 50 minutes and 30 seconds on the clock. And so we will be starting the episode in three, two, one, play. So there we go. Captain's uh, log. Star Trek, everybody, look. It, the Whoa. USS Enterprise is pulling up. To oh, Kirk's a, wearing a brand new outfit. Oh, this episode. We're, yes. We're now in the green with uh, lapels phase of the captain. The open chested. Yes, uh, that is Starfleet issue. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they have a lot of different standard issue uniforms on the show. Well, especially for the captain, Kirk goes between the gold Here comes and the some green. velour, the fabric of the future. So we've just beamed in some people from a space station of some kind. Um, as I've stated in the last episode, I firmly believe that most Star Trek episodes fall into three various tropes. Uh, and the second most popular one is they bring a force onto the ship. So we have this episode falls into that category. You know, this episode, I don't know. I don't know in the timeline whether this episode is before or after that Twilight episode, that Twilight Zone episode where. The kid sends everyone into the cornfield well, with the power of his mind. I mean, when the Twilight but it Zone... It seems like the same exact plot. It basically. is, basically. But the, the Twilight Zone, I mean, this had to come after, right? Twilight Zone is predates... I don't know. It was the 60s, right? But they were still making black and white yeah, episodes. I, I don't know. Use your use uh, your magic I, device. Okay, I'm going to look up Twilight Zone and see what the time frame of that show was. I don't know what this kid who plays yeah, Charlie this, X. So Twilight Zone was from 1959 to 1964. Oh, okay. So that clearly came before. So maybe that episode influenced this one, but it certainly has a similar vibe. This Is kid. That, absolutely. This kid it, rolls he's his horny, eye back. He's hornier than Ron well, Howard that, in the Cornfield that's episode. That's true. But, so which basically, we're going to get into. We're, we're going to talk about Janice Rand again. Yes. Episode. Well, that we the the there, there she, she is. is. <laughs> to speak of the <laughs> devil, Yeoman Rand, the most sexually harassed woman in the Star Trek universe. No wonder she. And met right off him. the bat, she's getting ogled by this new kid they've brought on the ship. So if you're not paying attention, the the what's happened is this they've docked to this space dock 
and the people on that space dock have dumped this kid onto the Enterprise. Now, why that is? They, are they supposed to take him somewhere, Matt? I, I have no idea. Jacob, I you really wasn't. It. I wasn't paying attention. Do you remember if they're uh, supposed to take him somewhere? They have rescued him from the science vessel on Taris, and oh. they are supposed to be heading for the closest oh, human colony, before. basically. So, Sorry, Jake. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. No worries. He didn't even know what Janice Rand was, and Kirk just said to him, that's a girl. All right. With a knowing wink, if I may say. Uh, yeah, as, in, as in the audience would all be thinking, oh, he must be very horny. We've <laughs> come to the opening sequence, which is when I read the the uh, specs of the episode. So as I said, the season one episode, what what you, IMDb refers to as episode two called Charlie X. Original air date was September 15th, 1966. The description, Captain Kirk must learn the limits to the power of a 17-year-old boy with the psychic ability to create anything and destroy anyone. It has a rating of 7.2 out of 10 stars, wow. uh, a, a uh, clear C-. minus. One point, one, one yeah. tenth of a point less <laughs> than, than the, the last episode. The episode. Uh, the no, director, I think this episode's a little better than that. Director of, his, of, of this episode, Lawrence Dobkin. And it was written by D.C. Fontana. D.C. Fontana. A major writer of the original series. A very famous writer of Star Trek. So. The kid who plays Charlie X, I don't know anything about him, but I'm going to guess that he is a graduate of the Method School of Acting from the 60s. Well, he gives, a, <laughs> he gives such an intense performance. Look at that nonsense Kirk McCoy's making you. I here. can say specifically, <laughs> Matt, I can, I'm looking at his IMDP page right now. Uh-huh. He was a, began training at the actor studio hey, in the early 1960s. I got something right. Absolutely correct. This was a, a, a... We should score this <laughs> I'm writing that down right now. So for, for everybody who, who this is the first time, we do play a couple of drinking games. So me and Matt and Jake and anybody else who shows up will be drinking. Uh, and a couple of things that you're going to look out for is if if at any point in time a a what we are calling red shirts dies, any crewman dies, we're going to drink one for the homies. And the other thing we've discussed is anytime uh, Captain Kirk's shirt is inexplicably either removed or torn to reveal his bulging biceps and tricep, whatever his chest is called. And whatever that's called. I think we're going to be in the money on that one this episode. His, his bosoms. <laughs> so his, his wonderful... There you go. Thank you. Uh, are shown. We will, we will drink for that. So this whole scene is actually kind of sweet because McCoy is sort of the only person on the ship that tries to get along with Charlie. Like, He's a good doctor, and so he's being sort of empathetic, and he's having a nice conversation with this kid. And you can tell that Charlie, like, likes him. He doesn't like Kirk because Kirk's such an alpha male that he feels threatened by Kirk's, you know, manliness. But he truly is fascinated by everything and really wants people to like him. That's sort of the heartache of this episode is you've got this kid who's had no contact with humans basically his entire life but he's also somehow been infused with this massive he amount also of has power. magic powers and and so 
he's going around and he's just trying to to have everyone like him. And yeah, did you see that guy just slap that other guy right on the ass? Like, <laughs> see you later, friend. And then he just slapped him on you the notice ass. I'm learning. In the, in all, okay, here we go. As I and I, as I've said it in in the previous podcast, Yeoman Ran, she the most sexually harassed uh, starship crew member. That poor woman. And she is just. This is in this episode. It happens a lot. I'm wondering if. The reason why Yeoman Rand doesn't last much more than halfway through season one is because they started realizing that episodes about sexually harassing a woman was probably not the greatest idea. Do you want to know the real reason? Because I know. It. Oh, well, please indulge us, Matt, if you know the real reason. I, I'm embracing my Star Trek nerd, you know, role on this show. She went crazy. <laughs> no way. Yeah. The actress went crazy, yeah. literally well, crazy. Well, she was a drug addict and had a bunch oh. of problems, and they fired her. And she got her shit together later in life. But, oh, there oh, you go. See? Slapped he saw her those two, on the ass. He saw those two boys slap each other on their ass. So he thought. So he thought, well, I can slap a girl on the ass. And he's about to be told that's not cool. Which, in reality, the two boys slapping each other was way more controversial. Yeah, I would say slapping your female uh, compadre was really common in 60s culture, right? That was completely natural back in the day. The fact that she's actually standing... If Mad Men teaches us anything, it's a... Look at this. She's actually standing up for herself. Yeah. She's saying, that's not appropriate for you to slap me on the ass. It becomes actually a major point of the story that she gets slapped on the ass. And that how that's not an okay thing for a man to do to a woman. Star Trek is an interesting show because it's progressive in a lot of ways. And Immensely progressive. And then completely falls and then apart you see in a lot of other the ways. skirt that Uhura is wearing. And you go, well, Yeoman Ran was harassed like a motherfucker, but look at the skirt she's wearing. What did you expect? <laughs> If you're going to dress see, up... That's not right, though. A real feminist would say, hey, a woman can wear anything she wants, and that doesn't give you the right to it slap It does not in ass. any way excuse the harassment. My point was, men are dogs, and if you put a bunch of short-skirted women around them, they're going to sexually harass them. Not that that's a reason, <laughs> just that that's the truth. <laughs> Jake, put a miniskirt on and come over here. <laughs> Sit on my lap. He slap you on the ass. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the blue or the red? <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're... This may not be... We're much. in the exposition part of the episode. I, mean, I don't think this episode... <laughs> they just talk about shit that nobody cares. <laughs> like, I, like, why is this kid here? And what does he do? That's he, fine. He needs our help. I, but... I, I can't, I can't say I've honestly been paying attention, but this scene has been going on for approximately three minutes. <laughs> it's been on for a while. There, there are a lot of long Spock, Bones, McKirk uh, episodes. Oh, oh, uh, here we see Uhura, Spock playing his thing. The, Uhura sings. She, this was, uh, I don't know why, I don't know if Michelle Nichol, Nichols really wanted she to sing a, on Yeah, she did. She was a singer in real and life. And so there are a few early episodes of season one in which Uhura sings in the, in the, the whatever, the 10 forward of the original Enterprise. Like many other things in this show, it starts <laughs> and it goes on forever. It goes on and forever. Spock 
is playing some bizarre, I guess, Vulcan string instrument. See, this is playing into the whole thing where she's into. Oh, yeah. No, she's totally going to come on to him right now. She's going to be like, I'm up in your Vulcan ass. He's got devil ears and devil eyes. Oh. Again, the soft focus on the female characters when they do close-ups. I kind of like these episodes where they're just kind of like hanging out. It reminds me a little bit of Deep Space Nine where they're just kind of like, well, they're all in quarks. And even in Next Generation, they have whatever, wherever, wherever Whoopi Goldberg, the, the, the buyer. Yeah, There's a lot forward. of... When 10 Forward becomes a thing on Next Generation, they do oh, a lot of... Here comes out. Crazy oh. Kid. <laughs> He's coming. They couldn't call him Charlie Manson because that name... And a, was that was a, it hadn't happened yet. No. So they called him Charlie X. <laughs> <laughs> Professor X's emotionally troubled young, young man. But I can say it feels like this episode's not going to be much of a bloodbath. Because we're already a good 15 to 20 minutes and we still... I don't think he kills anybody in this episode. Does he not? He, doesn't he make people disappear, I mean, He though? sends some people to the cornfield. Well, but... But wouldn't that basically mean death? I don't know that they don't come back. They're, they're living in a cornfield. They don't... There's food. <laughs> I don't... Corn is food. You could build a life in a cornfield if you had to. <laughs> Oh, now she's singing about... But this is definitely one of those scenes where you wouldn't do this now because you wouldn't have the time. You would right. already have 44 because, minutes yeah, or whatever. Because they had, epi- they, had, they had so much time to fill. Their episodes had five scene. or six more minutes than normal than, than modern day dramas do. Yeah. So they had time to have this is HBO, a scene in this a bar. This is like HBO limits. Well, time. isn't that what we're coming back to? Yeah. I mean, and that's where, again, where I'd like to say that if you want to study the history of television and the sort of things that they did, watch. Uh-oh. Oh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She's lost her voice. He didn't like what she said. He was making, he ro- She was making fun of him. He rolled his eyes back, and now she can't speak anymore. Look at that lighting on the background, though. Like, uh, I want to live in a house that has bright green and bright red just uh, spotlights. He's about to do a trick. Yeah, I love this transition because it's like we're all singing and then listening, but that was an t- appropriate time for close-up magic. Now we're, right back, <laughs> now we're right back into the game. Uhura has lost her voice, and they've already moved on. They're like, oh, that's okay. It happens yeah, all the time. concerned at people, all. People just lose the ability to speak at any point in time. Where did those cards go? <laughs> it's like, where did those publicity photos yeah. of Janice Rand come from? <laughs> oh, they're back to the urge. I guess it's on her future Instagram, which I guess they are calling at she this point. She literally says, I don't believe it. This is a woman who has traveled around the galaxy and seen, yeah. and seen millions of amazing things. I can't believe it. <laughs> but simple card magic. Simple, simple magic. Simple, close simple up misdirection. Is blowing her mind. Oh, and look! Oh, it's by my boob. Buy her boob. I'm carrying inside my boobs. (laughs) Everyone Uh, uh, You made her touch her boob. Oh, she touched her boob in front of all of us. That was sexy. I'm carrying inside me the larva of aliens, but I cannot believe (laughs) you. Look, it's I want it to look like turkey. (laughs) It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, last episode he was talking about Mexican reds. No, I swear to God. He's trying to give the crew a Thanksgiving dinner. 
Is that what this yeah, is? Yeah, he said he said that it was Thanksgiving back on Earth, so we should make the meatloaf taste like turkey. Because everybody in the world celebrates Thanksgiving. Well, uh, you know, look, early Star Trek, other than Spock, there really aren't other people on on the spaceship. Until Chekhov comes along. But even he's an Earthling. He's but fucking he's from Russia. Russian. But he he's still celebrate from... Thanksgiving is my point. Oh, okay. They don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Russia. Right. They probably don't in Japan. Uhura is from Swahili I... land or whatever <laughs> country you made up <laughs> last episode. She doesn't celebrate That's Thanksgiving. That, you're right. You're right. You're right. I concede. Oh, now he's finding also, out. Also, Charlie X just slapped Charlie women X on the axe. is asking ass. why he can't slap women on the ass. Right. Which Kirk has no answer to because that's his whole mode. He's like, I don't get it. I don't know. I, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Fine for me. I, I slap Rand on the butt all the time. I, I have slapped many women on the ass. Why she's all bitter about it? I'm not sure. Maybe she just thinks you're not odd enough. Uh oh. Something bad's about to happen. They're about to warn them. What did Charlie do? Charlie's not the greatest kid in the world. He's not just some innocent kid. Because we've already, we already know he's not an innocent he's, kid. He's already removed Uhura's voice. He's creeping on Janice like, well, like Spock creeps on Kirk. That does, like, well, like, yeah. We yeah. should start talking about, frankly, the Spock-Kirk relationship because it spawned Every fanfic of all time comes from Spock Kirk, right? That's where it all comes from. And those two are hot for each other. Oh, absolutely. Because both of them get constantly <laughs> harassed by women. And they both spurn the advances. Now, well, Kirk doesn't. Well, Kirk, Kirk fucks all those no, women. But he always does it with a purpose. It's oh, never. He, okay. Just Charlie just beamed in some real turkeys. Now I see what's going on. I get the Thanksgiving reference now. But you know what I mean? Yeah. When Kirk bangs a girl on the episode, sure. it's to get out of a problem. It's never just because he wants to bang them. Oh, here it is. Oh, the first. The first uh, presentation of three-dimensional chess. Trump's game. (laughs) (laughs) So there are real three-dimensional chess uh, boards in the world. Yeah, I'm sure. Some nerd figured out a rule system and actually built the game. No, you don't have to call him nerd. (laughs) I feel like I do, actually. I feel like that's the right word. Words matter. Well, <laughs> words have meaning. Would, yeah, I guess if you're if you're a Star Trek nerd, you're probably not listening to this podcast. I so. mean, you're talking to someone. I just admitted that I used to read the Star Trek novels. <laughs> That's true. I I feel real comfortable with the word nerd. Oh, and somehow they all just keep putting up with this kid. Like he's <laughs> yeah. super annoying. <laughs> right. He just keeps coming along. Constantly hovers around them. <laughs> I mean, I kind of love him because he makes my teenage years look not awkward by comparison. Right. Uh. Kirk and Spock have this running thing. I don't know if it's on the show or if it's just in the books where uh, 
Kirk wins all the time. Right. Well, they do it. Because he does not play logically. Right. And Spock Spock. can't predict his moves. I mean, this is the first time they're talking about They do. They do present it on several episodes. Kirk beats him constantly at chess. Even though it's clear that Spock should be yeah, the superior should player. kill him every time, and he's gonna kill Charlie here, and yeah. Charlie is gonna get mad, very irritated because he uh, lost. The make chest. some weird magic shit happen. Oh, oh, he doesn't like that. <laughs> no. Oh, now I've beaten you. Yeah, they play uh, three-dimensional chess on Big Bang Theory all the time. I just cringed. I'm sorry, Charlie. <laughs> I'm sorry, Charlie. Are you are you affronting to my watching of the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, did you theory? just admit to watching the Big Bang Theory? I wasn't really paying attention. But I, I think do. you just I said that. I enjoy the Big Bang Theory. It, oh, oh, rolling it, the eyes back. I don't know what he did, but it's not going to be I, He melted the pieces. Think about the size of this guy's head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is... Massive. He, he should look like he has brain powers. I mean, well, God, he does. They That's, found, I think they cast him on purpose. But look, Yeoman Ren is, is introducing Charlie to, in my opinion, a hotter option. And he spurns her for Yeoman Ren. Well, she's trying to do the right thing, sort of. <laughs> she's basically saying, I don't, I'm not interested in you. But this younger, dumber slut might be. (laughs) Don't harass me anymore. Harass this one. It's not about her doing the right thing so much as it's about her. Yeah, Yeah. she really just wants to be left alone. She wants to be left alone. Here, take this. Do you think that Janice Rand has, like, a cone of styrofoam that they leave the hair around? That must be how they do it. Even if... It's a wig. Whoever made that wig it's not did some hair. intricate fucking weaving, man. Because it is amazing how, how intricate that weaving is. You smell like a girl. That's not a creepy line ever. <laughs> All the other girls on this ship, they they look just like Tina. <laughs> Who's Tina? They're the only one. Who looks like you? Tina was a sacrificial oh, lamb. Was the one she tried to depart. Yeah. I, just tried, I just decided I was going to play Charlie X for a couple of minutes. <laughs> you smell like a girl. <laughs> okay. This is really this is really upsetting. Well, honestly, I've heard words pick us blind, so Yeah. We, yeah. So somebody walks up to you at a bar and says, You make me feel hungry. <laughs> well, do you have a job? Do you have a do car? You, are you <laughs> are you Hannibal Lecter? Do you eat people? See, here's where Kirk's performance falls apart he's trying to be nice to janice and tell her like i get it but oh there's some good eye work yeah right now this is see <laughs> both of them the good uh light right on the eyes but he's trying to tell her hey just calm down he's fine yeah he's and- just a boy he'll get over it 
Which is look at his smile. It's like yeah, yeah, you liked it, you slut. Nailed that one. Done. All right, Charlie. Let me tell you. Oh no, we're about to see the first inexplicable need for Kirk to take his shirt off. Are we? Yes, because they're about to go play some shirtless game in in the (laughs) training room. You're making it sound much dirtier, dirtier than it is. No, I hope it's real dirty. It, it, like, yeah. I want to see those two guys take their shirts off and rustle. For some reason, Charlie X has a robe on, but Kirk does not. So do they know he has magic powers? Why I don't think they... they figured it out yet. But he I... just he just said, look what you did to the look what you did to the chess pieces. Well, he's just trying to he figure out if all he did the chess pieces. It. But he's just trying to see if he did it. Yeah, like maybe he just lit them on fire like a normal teenager. Yeoman Rand is a woman. No, dude, you're like creeping as hell on her right now. She doesn't dig it. I don't know the rules. Is this wrong? Is this wrong? Can I touch you here? <laughs> Please sign my consent agreement. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. He does go you for You see it. what I mean? He this goes is, for it. This is like a very James Deany, like, oh, absolutely. Rebel without a yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of performance. He definitely makes a choice and he goes with it. Like, I'm going to be real intense about everything. <laughs> Chatter's like, chill. Just like, relax. If you're going to harass them, Take your time. They're okay with that. You can't just be so upfront with your harassing. It's got to be more subtle, dude. In a way, this is kind of nice. He's trying to oh, tell no, he... not to be... Exactly, and that's pretty progressive for the 60s. But at like... the same time, it's coming from Shatner. I know, but it's, it's just, just like, and hey, just chill out. And and it'll the, all work out. That's the main paradox of this show in general. It's trying to be progressive while fighting the enormous <laughs> enormity of the the, the, the times it was, it was made. Yeah, in I mean, way. like they really try to be progressive, and then a lot of format, and that's what's mind blowing about people bitching about there being an Asian and a black woman in charge of the new Star Trek episode, right? Yeah, everyone's blowing up. I'm like, Star Trek was always about that. <laughs> Basically, he tells him just, you know, stop creeping on Janice. And he says, me too, Charlie, me too. Which is not too. true. Because in the back of his head, Shatner's going, not really, because I look like me and you look like me. <laughs> so I fuck Janice all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get some plot. Yeah, let Spock do it. Oh. Hey, Charlie, come on. Oh, is this uh, when they go? They're going to go. This is the area. There it is. Hey. Uh, they're doing some naked, some top. Oh, look at that. And it, unnecessary Sexy women. Gymnastics. There it is. All right, everyone, take a drink. <laughs> Man, that is some crazy costuming. Look at Shatner's dick. <laughs> <laughs> We, we, I would also like to say that we can we can have a, a discussion about the hottest man that's on Star Trek as well. And clearly, Kirk takes the takes it. From I the mean, beginning. he's the manliest man. 
All right, now we're going to see some. Look at some, that guy in the background. Yeah, yeah, the guy in the background. He's is just got good. his hands up on the thing. <laughs> he's not even pulling them. This is this is what gave me uncomfortable feelings <laughs> as a ten year old watching Star Trek reruns. I'm finally starting to put it all together. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Because when I was a kid, Star Trek was on all the time in reruns. So I've seen all of these episodes a hundred times, but I haven't seen them since. All right, and Shatner's well, gonna throw some. Yeah, people. let's grapple. Oh. And that's how you be a man, Jimmy. Put some skin tight, you know, put some skin tight j- pants on and, and a dance Oh, that guy might end up dying, actually. Oh, does he? Because he makes fun of him? I think he, he beats him. Does or he make makes him fun of him disappear or something? He sends him to the cornfield, as you say. Where they live out their happy lives of eating corn. Shucking corn. (laughs) I have to say, Star Trek has never been good uh, to the the female or gay male gaze. There are a lot of hot chicks on Star Trek. Men in the 60s were not as good looking. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, yeah. Off uh, to the cornfield right. that Off asshole. to the cornfield, but we got a drink for him. Oh. Are we up to five now? Is that the number oh, of yeah, we're, supposed to be we're calling it five. Well, this is the first from this episode. And Kirk is just Kirk's not even like, <laughs> like, right. like bring that guy back. He's <laughs> concerned, but in a fatherly He's way. He's concerned, but not mad. Yeah. Like, like, did you really need to make him disappear, Charlie? Could you just click undo? <laughs> like, bring that guy back. <laughs> The tension in this episode is entirely maintained by their attitude of this is normal. They just keep <laughs> He's just a teenager. Yeah. They just uh, keep forgiving him for is, all of the things he does. Is this, is that well, you this sent is that guy. A metaphor for <laughs> everybody going through puberty, we should just let them get away with whatever. Oh, the fuck look they at want. the eyework. Oh, there you go. Oh, That's there's some that, classic yeah. Yeah. And now it's not like that at all. Like, oh. The cross cut does not match up. Oh. Oh. Now. So we don't have guns anymore. Let's just stand here awkwardly for a while. Awkwardly stand here shirtless. (laughs) Kiss. 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 This is some good. Us. Kiss each other. It's so sweaty. <laughs> it's so, so sweaty. Just kiss, and all your problems will go away. Oh, that's um, the commercial. Commercial. <laughs> oh, but we're back. They're still staring at each other. <laughs> we're not sure how long they've been staring at each other through the commercial. There break. is some poor lady right off camera with a squirt bottle <laughs> who's just going around and squirting Jim on the brow and just like, psst, psst, go. They haven't said anything in like a minute. They're just staring at each other. All they're doing is staring at each other. It's a daddy-son relationship, clearly. Yeah, there's there's a great episode later when 
they bring on board like a robot probe that thinks Kirk is its oh, master. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, after this robot has killed several crewmen. They all just sit around and go. <laughs> Kirk laments the fact that his son was unrightly uh, accused of killing lots of people. <laughs> Exposition time. And I Tell love, us what's going on, Spock. Is he's talking. Is he? Is he recording? He's talking into his is own he, hand. Is he recording into those? No, things? those are the, the little post, discs. Post, post they from the future. But is that how they put information? I think, he was, those I think he was talking to those guys and just holding post-its in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it is. These post-its help me think. It's a stack of post-its. <laughs> Anyway, getting back to my point about the ugly men of six, ni- the 1960s. The women were hot on this show. The men were lacking. There's a few episodes with some, I'm just gonna with say, some hot guys. The yeah. episode with the, uh, the they meet Apollo. The guy in the toga? Yeah. Uh, I don't, we'll have to see when we get there. All right. I can't remember what that guy looked like. I will, I will say that if you're looking at the ship itself... They never have anyone that's more hotter than Kirk. I mean, Chekhov was supposed to be like the eye candy, right? They brought him in to appeal is to... That, is that why? Yeah, fans of the monkeys, right? That's why he is, had the That's why the he had the, haircut. the haircut and the whole thing. And if that's your hottest guy, you're not when, really thinking when about When they have women guys. on this show that are effing hot and they yeah. dress them in like basically shoestring times where it's like 90% flesh you're seeing. Well, straight men ran the world back then. Well, the television. Yeah, because the times have changed so much. Well, they still run, they don't run television. (laughs) Okay, true. There are way more hot guys on television now than there ever were. In 1966. And and I mean... Columbo was a sex symbol. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had James Garner. That guy had a glad side. <laughs> People were like, he's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> They're still doing the same scene. It's been five minutes. There's a lot of staring between Kirk and I've Charlie. been filling time, and it's still going. They just keep staring at each Kirk other. Kirk thinks that he's going to be able to stop the power of Charlie X by the power does, of though. staring. I think he talks him out of it, doesn't he? No, the, the I can't the, remember how this ends. The, the 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 Charlie the the well, we can get into this now. Oh, do his of, parents come back and get sort it of, really? yeah. So I think if you, I personally think uh, most people think that it's the uh, it's, the Squire of Gothos. It's supposed to be Q. Is what people think that that's their first oh, uh, encounter kinda... with the Q Collective, but some people actually point to this episode as the first. Uh, contact with the Q Collective. Okay. Because not that Charlie is part of the Q, but that he was adopted by the Q and sort of raised. So this is what they would call a retcon. There you go. And eventually... That's a word I know. They, the, 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 the Q Collective... Oh, no. Oh, he's making Spock speak and rise. Spock's quoting Blake. <laughs> 
Saturn rings around my head down a road of Martian bed. Oh, Charlie's on to their plan. I don't no. know what their plan was. Kirk is going to stare at him some more. Yeah, they decided to change course so they would not be going towards a human population because they are on to him at this point. Okay. <laughs> he goes into some kind of pottery. <laughs> he calls Mr. Ears. Mr. Ears. The first oh, acknowledgement that he is somehow different. That's what we should call him from now on, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ears. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's not a good look from Charlie X. Does, does Kirk have a giant zit on his face? <laughs> look at his nose the la- next time they do a close-up. Maybe that's where the dark light on the Maybe eyes... Maybe it was just a bad day on set that day. Oh. All right. Now he's going to that's sexually... that That's that young girl he didn't want to do. Oh, he's going <laughs> to... Goodbye. <laughs> Hey! Oh, it's another one. She's an iguana. She's an iguana. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, no, drink. Drink, no drinking. Oh, look, now Yeoman Ren in sexy pink. How how does she sleep with that head? Like, <laughs> right. Well, that's why it's got to be a wig. She must take it off at the end of the day, right? I brought you wheat. I have manifested this flower from the ether. <laughs> Oh, this is not going to end well. Like I said. She only has eyes for Jim Kirk. I know. And Jim Kirk's cock. She has no interest in Charlie X. But man, do people harass the shit out of her. We're coming into the last act now. We're looking at the Starship Enterprise. And he can't understand... Why, if I'm nice to you, you don't want to do me. Oh, she turned on her secret. Jim, come to my office. Come to my quarters so I can fuck you. A button. (laughs) (laughs) She pushed the Kirk button. Uh And as soon as you push it, he comes running from wherever he is. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. What's he doing to you? Oh, no. She's a... Did he turn her into something, or did she just go to the nope. cornfield? <laughs> she's just gone. No, she's not even an iguana. Oh, uh, we can't drink to that. We know she's coming back. I so. feel bad. She wasn't nice at all. This is an entire metaphor of the friend zone. Yeah, you know what I was just thinking. You know how the all the that whole thing with the friend zone and guys who are like, but I don't, I'm so nice. Why doesn't she like me? Right. This should be required viewing. (laughs) They should show all of those guys this episode and be like, this is why she doesn't like (laughs) it. And and, yeah, the whole whole concept of... Your uh, friendship comes with strength. The only reason why I would be your friend is so that I could eventually fuck you. Yeah. And otherwise... I don't don't have any interest in you as a person. Otherwise, there would be no reason I would ever have a friendship with you, woman. 
If only she would stop fucking all of those like <laughs> hot assholes and realize what a nice fat man I am. Everything would be better for all both of us. And what's really crazy is there was another chick that was into him. Yeah. Janice went out and found and so, a mark. It wasn't it's even like so. It's not well, just. Well, we'll just. I'm just gonna pass this right along. So if it was just about the conquest, he would have gone with that. He didn't want a girl. He wanted the girl. Yes, the first. Yeah. <laughs> the first, first one he had ever seen. Yeah, that's, according to the episode. That's an right? important girl in a man's life. That's right. Right the first girl you ever see is probably your mother or the nurse. You'll, you'll become obsessed with her. You'll, you'll stalk and harass her for a while, but that's normal. I like when they uh, label things exactly what they are. It's the atmospheric system. Just what I was looking for. Uh-oh. This is trap. They're putting him in a jail cell. Nah. You can't put Charlie X. Nobody puts Charlie X Do in Do you the suppose corner. they said in the casting notice for this part... Must be able to roll your eyes into <laughs> that, the back of he your head. He does do some amazing eye He does some amazing eye work. Like, he's... not everyone can do that. Oh, it didn't work. No, he he disappeared the... Entire... Wall. Yeah, chamber wall. Them, but then inexplicably they woke up again. People with magic powers is... Is that one of your tropes? Is that well, I always thing? figure they always. Uh, people with magic powers is a big one on this show. They, oh, no, I'm old. He's turning uh, this woman old. <laughs> it's, it's a picture of me. Look. <laughs> but it, uh, especially on original stuff, you don't see it as much in Next Generation, but first season original Star Trek, <clears throat> they either encounter some kind of magic creature on oh. a planet that they couldn't possibly defeat with the powers that they have, but somehow they get out of it. Like there's no reason why they should get out of this episode, but they're able to because they bring in the deus ex machina at the end. That faceless girl effect was actually kind of creepy. That was pretty good. I like it when practical effects actually work on this show because it was rare well, it was such a low-budget show right. that when they manage to do something that you think looks good, it's kind of impressive. But even still, I mean, look at the I completely set. lost the plot. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's, he's still trying to get to some Earth call. Why, right? why is he trying to get there? Like, what's there? Because he, he wants want? to understand humans so badly but he does not give, but they don't under, he responds in such a toddler way to everything. If he doesn't get exactly what he wants. Yeah, but where is he supposed to be going? 
Jacob, do you know where he's supposed yeah, to be? It, it, <laughs> See, you didn't know the answer either. I know they're going somewhere. I thought you were going to come up with it, and you didn't have it either. <laughs> yeah, he's going to this human colony, and he wants to be among other humans, and and he has an, an, another ulterior re- reason for wanting that as well, which involves his upbringing by the alien race. Oh, have we not seen that? Oh, he, he was raised by aliens. Right. You know well, that? no. Well, yeah, because that's what I mean. Whole, is that why he has power? The whole theory is that Jake, he was, is that why he has power? He's been okay. raised by the Q Collective and they gave him powers. That's where the Q Collective concept theory comes from. Comes from? Okay. That he was somehow adopted by the Q Collective and imbued with the same kind of powers that they have. That's a good episode of Star Trek when the girl they Oh, and the one that was raised as a human yeah. that was a Q Turns collector. Out that she's a good a Q. Episode. That's a good one. Which we'll get to that in about fifteen get, yeah. years. And and the inexplicable <laughs> reason why they never made a Q movie. Which I feel see, like Jake should be our Star Trek expert. Like Well, he's watched it more recently, I think. Yeah, he just watched it, so he knows the story. That's my point. If I have questions, I can ask Jake. Right. Well, exactly. I will bring the powers of short-term memory <laughs> to the Which podcast. Are strong powers that I don't have. <laughs> oh, now they start doing things. McCoy wears a t-shirt because I think doctors wore t-shirts in that era. Yeah, but it's sort of a satin t-shirt. It's a, they were into space age fabrics, man. That was how you dressed back then. Everyone wore velour and satin and polyester, man. Polyester pantsuits. Look at a Sears catalog from yeah. 1968. Sears catalog used to sell houses. You could buy a Prefab house. Prefab houses? Yeah. You could buy a house One from the Sears catalog. Yeah, they would ship it to you in boxes, and you had to put it together your ha- yourself. That was a different for time. relatively cheap, right? Yeah. You owned the land, but you didn't have a house. You needed you needed a house. Oh. Sears Roebuck. Here comes the uh, the giant green head that's going to take him back. Oh, it's Daddy. Here comes Daddy. Oh, oh! He, he brought her. Oh. Yeah, we knew she wasn't gone. He brought her back out. in her pink toga. With her, Daddy's gonna with her nipples He's hard got- as ice. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> I'm wearing the same thing it was before, just no underwear. <laughs> He's gonna restore everyone back oh. to the oh, way no. they were. You know the famous story about uh, Nichelle Nichols playing Uhura? She was going to quit because she was like, they never give me anything interesting to do. All I ever say is, hailing frequencies open, Captain. And, you know, the channel's been blocked, Captain, and shit like that. And Martin Luther King Jr. met her and told her, you have to, you can't quit. Because you're the only black person on television. And you got to keep going because you're a role model. So she was like, okay, I'll stay on the show. (laughs) Even though they don't give me anything interesting. Wow. 
Was, was that Martin Luther King's voice you're speaking? Yes, I was doing a Martin Luther King impression right then. You're gonna go far. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell by the way I was slurring my words, but that was my Martin Luther King So here we King have impression. the giant green head has come to take Charlie back. <laughs> you're going out a... You're coming out of nobody, but you're coming back a star. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> You can't say that kid isn't trying. Like, he's really acting. Oh, yeah. He goes for it. Absolutely. He's not, he, he didn't show up just to fool around. He's playing. He made his choice, and he went for it. Made a bold choice. <laughs> and you can't get over the size of his head. <laughs> it's massive. As I remember from watching this scene earlier, it just goes on. <laughs> it's like a perfect V. It's just like this cranium. It's also a scene where Gork has... You would never do this on television now because the main character has no... has nothing to do with the plot. He just sits there and watches it unfold. All he does is sit there, and the guy goes, all right, well. <laughs> Take him away. Take him away, I guess. I, have no, I don't have any power I'm going to stand up into my key light, and <laughs> but what they so do the light is, gets me across the eyes, and that'll be that. <laughs> they have Shatner stand up for the kid after all he's put them through. Well, but he's been behind the kid the whole time. Yeah. The whole concept was that he was perfectly fine Took with him, him to the gym and harassing him. Yeoman Rand. He just had to do it in the proper way. Kirk thought to himself, this guy just needs to, you know, work out. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> buff himself up a little bit. You're and, then, and, then, and then Rand will fuck him. Like, that's how that goes. Yeah, the scene is excruciating. <laughs> He's still saying, don't take me. He's still not leaving. The guy showed up like <laughs> 10 minutes ago, yeah. and he still hasn't just taken him. Just go. <laughs> just be gone. He likes you. Oh, wait, he, he was raised by aliens? You're but, not him. But he's just a perfectly die. normal teenager. I still don't understand. He's raised by an alien race that doesn't understand the concept of love. IMDb tells us that that kid was 26 years old when he was playing the 17-year-old Charlie X. Hmm. How about that? There you go. Just like Beverly Hills 90210. Freaking Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. That means that I, at age 43, am now age-appropriate for 60-year-olds. <laughs> I'm moving into my grandpa phase, everybody. Sexy grandpa. Oh, poor Janice. Sex crying. <laughs> what was it like, Janice? Where you were? <laughs> what was it like, Janice? <laughs> <laughs> How was the cornfield? Tell me. Tell me, Janice. Were you aroused? <laughs> oh, look. It's it's a sad ending. They're not like... Well, they're a little bit jolly sad laughing. because they feel bad for the kid. They do feel a little bad. And that is the And end. John Boysenberry. John Boysenberry. Created Star Trek. Well done. <laughs> well, that's the end of the episode. We appreciate you listening to us. 
hopefully we'll keep going with this. We'll be back. And uh, so this is Sean Mason saying goodnight. I'm Matt Bibbs. See you next week.